0: Geekscape is is Jonathan your host of Geekscape. This is the podcast that likes to get in depth on pop culture stories. Sometimes I sit down with pop culture creators, maybe they're in video games, movies, comic books, whatever they're at, and I like to have a deep dive on their stories and why they tell them, where they come from, that sort of thing. This is a Geekscape special though. For those I like to bring in my good friend Ian Kerner who I started Geekscape with all those years ago and I like to do a deep dive on a major geek event. In this episode we're going to be talking all about Wonder Woman 1984. If you haven't seen it, there's going to be spoilers right from the get-go probably. So, go watch Wonder Woman 1984. I'm not going to tell you not to watch it. I have a lot of positive things to say about the movie, um as well as things that made me go, "Hmm, what's going on like that?" I don't I don't know what's what's happening in the film. Um but it's a movie. And it's one that we're going to talk about in depth. A lot of people online have already talked about it. There's a lot of crying about this film. There's a lot of people cheering for the film. We've got a lot of both, I think, coming up on the episode. So sit back, enjoy. And if there's something that you want from us, well, the comments are open. If you're watching this live on YouTube, Facebook, or Twitch. And if you want to tell us something or you want to uh, ask us about an aspect of the movie that maybe we're not touching on, just reach out and take it. Just tell me your wish, Geekscapist. Tell me what you want, and it will become reality. How was that? Did I do it okay, Max Lord? Uh, You got notes? Put them in the comments. That's pretty much what I'm saying right now is this is as much your show as it is my show. Uh, But it's also Ian Kerner's show. So let's bring him on. Here's Ian. Ian, tell me what you want. Just reach (laughs) out and take it. Come on, Ian. Reach out and take it uh doing? doing all right pretty good doing all right with the floor? Yeah. yes reach out and take it so
1: hey you know we we got one of these blockbusters we were waiting for
0: woohoo yeah we've been missing a lot of these blockbusters in 2020 as the studios push them further and further and further away from us uh because of the pandemic the theaters closing we did get our blockbuster finally uh we didn't get Uh, most of them, but we got Wonder Woman 1984. And, um, yeah. uh, That's a giant hit. It's like
1: sixty million million over the weekend.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, So right off the bat, Geekscapists who are listening to this live, uh, (laughs) Bold T says, you got some lag here, bro. Close your browser tabs. Stop your BitTorrent client. Tell Heidi to stop playing Candy Crush. There will be none of that because... I'm actually in Yosemite, and um, it's tough. Heidi says I'm trying to watch this while sitting behind you, and the delay makes it so weird. Yeah, we're actually in a hotel in Yosemite. So, geeks gave us. I'm recording this remotely, and um, yeah, there might be a little bit of live. I told you I weird weird that a stuff going bit. on here. Yeah, I'm, I'm in a I'm in a hotel, so I think we're as good as the hotel um, internet can can give us which which is a shame but we'll we'll just see how we do um if you want better internet you just have to reach out and take it you just have to wish for it to come true or uh who knows maybe it's incel bot striking again uh we'll see all right Ian did Ian freeze no Ian didn't freeze Ian's just staring at me oh, uh, going where, so where's, this, where's this bit going yeah
1: <laughs> I mean, this is like watching One Woman
0: 1984. (laughs) Some of it's good, and some of it (laughs) makes you go, hmm, what was the idea behind this one? Um, All right, Ian, uh, let's get to it. Uh, What is the plot of One Woman 1984? What is the story here? It takes place in 1984, but you wouldn't know that from the soundtrack.
1: No, I mean, there's a lot of the why is it 1984, you know? I have to wonder if some of that is, you know, did they feel a need to set a Wonder Woman movie at a time when it wouldn't be influenced by the rest of the Justice League? Is that some of the reason for that? You know, because um, I know I, 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 from the get-go, from the time it was announced, I found that a little bit frustrating. You know, I think that the movie is actually hurt by the need to line up with what was already established that the public doesn't know about her. You know, I, and I find that very problematic. Um, mm-hmm. That's a good thing Oh she's telling the kid not to tell anybody As if right You know she walks in And, and knocks the cameras out
0: right away You know Yeah what happened to her uh, Monologue at the end of Wonder Woman 1 where she vows Well that's to my problem with it She does a monologue
1: Is no one wondering who it was You know I mean Like you know when, when you know The first time you see her And, and she's you know stopping, you know, the robbers, whatever, you know, it, I don't know. It felt like the same museum scene again, right. From justice league, but mm-hmm. it, you know, um, all right, fine, you know, but all right, no one can know she exists because that's already been established. Mind you, they don't actually say within the movie, why no one can know about her. It's just that we don't know about her. The world doesn't know about her as established in Batman V Superman. So therefore no one knows about her, Right. But did did I miss a compelling reason that no one should be able to see her? Um, Other than, I guess, people, you know, it's important, going back to the photograph, that no one can see that she's not aging? What the hell does she care?
0: Yeah, let's actually start with the positive. The positive being the pre-mall scene with the little girl, the young Diana, and the sequence of... where she competes with the other Amazons and the whole thesis of the movie is set up that uh, you don't get anywhere by lying. You can't cheat, Diana. Mm -hmm. And that's a nice lesson. And I thought that sequence was a lot of fun. I love Uh, that sequence.
1: It's a beautiful beautiful shot. Um, You know, and one of the things that my wife made a statement to me about my, my wife is, you know, a, a, a writer and, you know, so she's, she's been in the business for a while and she's, very outspoken. And, you know, it's very strong feelings about female representation and how women are portrayed and the level that they're objectified and not objectified. And was just really has such an overwhelmingly positive view of the movie. And in particular, that whole sequence, because it just shows, you know, women in their glory. When you look at the actresses, like there's no need for anyone, like, no wrinkles are smoothed over, nothing like that. You know all those women, all those fabulous actresses, you know Connie Nielsen, Robin Wright, they all look great, but they all look their age,
0: yeah, and they aren't wearing anything gratuitous or silly there's, there's nothing there's gratuitous nothing, there's, nothing. Even, there's nothing skimpy, even one woman's yeah. actual outfit isn't that skimpy as far as where it's come from the Linda Carter days, right it hasn't really changed. And then she actually starts adding armor over the course of the movie. So you're right. The sexualization of women, it's more female power than what we get in a lot of these uh, comic book movies where the sexualization of somebody kind of works counter to them as a warrior or a fighter. Yeah.
1: And I know I'm curious for listeners, people comment, please, but I know my wife's feeling, and she said she was telling all of her female friends to watch it. And particularly with their daughters, she felt that, you know, for years watching superhero movies, particularly the ones in the past, you know, and she didn't feel like it was the kind of thing she was proud to see, the representation, something for, for women, for young girls to
0: aspire to and feel inspired by, you know? Yeah. Um, and and- that, that's a positive, I think, yeah. What's that? And Yeah, that's a positive, I think, on every, on every level. I think that uh, young girls should have this movie. I think that they should have the first movie. I think these are the movies for them. Um, And I love that sequence in the mall where she has that little secret, don't tell my secret little bit with uh, the silent bit with the uh, little girl that she saves by sliding her into the teddy bear. I actually like the light tone of that mall sequence. I think it's fun and it establishes establishes the the movie as saying, hey, this is going to be a little bit lighter than what we've done in the DCU for the most part with the Snyder stuff. Even though Snyder and uh, Zack Snyder and his wife are producers of the movie, this stuff tonally is lighter. It's a lot more fun. There are, It's definitely taking pages out of the Linda Carter show. And, so that, and I think that's great. It celebrates Wonder Woman. And I like that mall sequence. It is fun. Uh, but immediately the mall sequence also introduces some of the action choreography issues that I have with the movie with the physics of a lot of stuff, like the lasso or some of the fights that I don't know if the fight choreography was as uh, convincing for me. And once you get to the sequence in Cairo with the, with the trucks, there's a lot of action choreography in this movie that, that I feel wasn't as strong as some of the stuff we see in the first movie.
1: Yeah, I'll give you that. You know? Um, you know, first of all, let me comment quickly. And I can't speak to this per se, but I suspect that Zach and Deborah Snyder as producers that goes back to the Justice League having started this whole thing. They get paid. They have no say. You know? Sure. I just wanted to make that comment. Um, so, yeah, it's not influenced by them. It's arguably it's intentionally um, detoured from their influence. Mm-hmm. You know? Um whether or not, I mean, I've had it suggested to me that there's some actual overt fuck used to Zack Snyder in the movie, such as the whole hysteria thing fighting off. You know, basically, it's like a, like a 300 scene, except mm-hmm. you know, her fighting off all those people. I didn't I didn't interpret it that way when I watched it. <laughs> <That> was <suggesting laughs> I, I like, was suggested.
0: I like the idea that that flashback to the original Amazonian champion, who we yeah. reveal later in the movie, is. Is Wonder Woman just beating up Zack Snyder's 300, the Spartans? Yeah, yeah. I, I it was a, it was a funny thing anyway. I, again,
1: it, it wasn't what I thought when I was watching, but someone said that to me afterwards, and I thought, okay, that's interesting. That works for me. Uh,
0: you know, Jennifer and, Zang uh, brings up the fact that it was actually the same choreography team from Batman versus Superman, and I thought Batman versus Superman had some really great action directing. I thought some of the stuff in the action directing here, it looked like, it looked like punches were falling short. It looked like some of the physics on some of the uh, shot to shot uh, action matching and things like that. Uh, you'd have somebody sliding in a direction and they'd be changing speeds a little bit from shot to shot. And when you have to do something like slide under a truck and then propel it to make a flip uh, some of that stuff, I was like, wait, wait, whoa, whoa, or some of the white house fight later in the movie uh, between Steve and uh, Max Lord. Um We'll get to that, but those handcuffs seem to just disappear. Mm. Those guys were handcuffed together. Yeah. It seemed like a really creative, cool plot point where I was like, "Oh, cool!" They just complicated this sequence, and I want to see how this plays out because now they're handcuffed together, and they never—I think the handcuffs kind of just disappeared, or they got popped off. Yeah, <laughs> and I mean, it, I mean, it didn't seem I, like the I, hurdle it was promised when it was set up.
1: Well, yeah, know. Well, coming back to you know the, the point before, I want to say, because we're now going to spend a lot of time, we're going to tear this movie apart. There's so many holes in this movie, but overall it does hit, there's a good feeling about it. And, you know, I mean, listen, I, 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 I love that Patty Jenkins is making these movies this way to a point, you know, the message mm-hmm. I think is great. I think it's important. You know, the, the female filmmaking and, you know, giving that representation is really important i just wish the movie was better
0: yeah i think i was rooting for this movie to get better at a lot of points and and i will go on record saying it's a movie that i enjoyed i enjoyed this movie Uh, i enjoyed it more than i a lot more than i expected yeah yeah because i I was hearing bad stuff about this movie and when i saw it i was like this is an enjoyable movie is it perfect no, is it an enjoyable movie? Yes, I think that you are in a very dark place if you can't enjoy this movie. It is yeah. fun. It is fast. It's treatment of Barbara Minerva. I thought was really I thought that Chris and was great. I thought Pedro Pascal was great. I think the all the did a great job great. It didn't end well the The Barbara Minerva stuff started great. her journey to uh to a darker place, I thought it was handled really well. I thought it was paced well. I liked the time that they spent with her. I like her character. Did it end well? No. And we well, won't get to we, don't, we don't really know where it ended, do we? Yeah. Uh, Andy uh, Rettinger says, uh, my good friend Andy Rettinger says, well, then I guess I'm in a dark place. Andy, if there's anything that you want, please just wish for it, reach out and take it. That's all I have love to I'll just
1: say, you know, I, unfortunately, um, and I, I think that Pedro Pascal's had had a really interesting year, you know, coming off of The Mandalorian, which was so amazing, and in particular that for him that last episode, you know. I, I said this on, on, another, on our other podcast, but...
0: Yeah, Geekscape is, it's, the next, it's the last podcast on the feed, if you want to listen to that. Ian and I break down a lot of Mandalorian scenes. Yeah, yeah
1: we we're, were all talking about, you know, the giant cameo. And the reality is, I mean, Pedro kills it in that scene. You know that 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 mm-hmm. last scene, you know, without the helmet on. I'm trying to. You
0: know, I haven't seen him in the Robert Rodriguez kids movie that he's in right now, playing a superhero too. There's a uh, there's a movie on Netflix that's like a follow up to Shark Boy and Lava Girl. It takes place in the same universe. It's a superhero movie for kids, and it looks like a lot of fun. I didn't um, know Pedro was in that also. Pedro is like the leader of the Justice League team that is in that oh. movie, and and okay. uh, the, the dude is having his moment. He is having yeah. his Matthew the McConaughey's um, and I'm all for it but uh yeah um it feels like with something like the handcuffs Jason Elliott says the script supervisor should have noticed the handcuffs were missing I don't think that was something that happened on set that may have been something that happened on editing where we see the end of the complication with the handcuffs resolved and it could have been resolved on set it could have been a cool little choreographed yeah. place yeah. and wow. it just got cut out and I think that's tough but um, uh, Jennifer Zhang's back with Warner Brothers has a problem with letting the superstar directors have god powers on their films yeah. but just because Patty directed the heck out of the first one doesn't mean she should have been allowed to write this one. This happened with the Wachowskis and Sex Deter. Maybe that's a Warner Brothers problem. Yeah. Uh, the script is where this movie does have the issues. Absolutely. You can Absolutely. say whatever you want about I think the acting is really good. I think all the actors are great. I think that um, the movie looks fantastic. She's—I can't wait for her to do a Star Wars film. Um, the scripts have to be strong, and this script is yeah. not. Yeah, she's a director for
1: a reason. She's not a writer.
0: Well, Jeff Johns is a writer, and he was on this film. Okay. <laughs> hey, I, I love Jeff Johns' comic books. I like Jeff Johns' Green Lantern Run.
1: Yes, Rebirth. Uh,
0: Flash, I right? some of his stuff. flash was good i think i don't i think the watchman stuff is unnecessary and i don't i don't know if, the, the, if those seem to also have been keys that were given um and just kind of let loose with and um and as much as i think he is a good writer um he also wrote on the green lantern film and uh i've got you know as much as i did love his green lantern year one stuff and things like that um I think that the I think that the Hollywood screenplay is is being a little different than the one I'm seeing from from him. I I, I wish him well, man. I, um, you know, I'm the person who I mean, there are parts of the Green Lantern movie I enjoyed just as there were parts of this movie that I enjoyed, but just like the Green Lantern film, this is a very mixed bag. Yeah,
1: you yeah. Know? I mean, look, look. Bottom line, the Max Lord stuff I think falls on its face. Um, it doesn't make sense to me. Uh, you know. I think you made the great comment about the kid, you know, his wish should have been that his kid, you know, actually looks like him.
0: I think that Max Lord's wish should have been that the kid looks related to him. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Where
1: where was the mother? I think there's a throwaway
0: line about it being his weekend. Yeah. Well, he had a lot of weekends. He was not, Max Lord is not happy with how much time he has to spend to his, kid because you have to establish that Max Lord is still a very facetious individual who doesn't want to spend time with his kids and this and that. And I don't think that his little moment with his kid at the end really redeems him by saying he's a a, a loser guy. Um, Max Lord is somebody who is different than the comics for sure. And if we're just talking about the Wonder Woman 1984, Max Lord, the observation was made by Heidi. It was made by me. It's a very Trump Max Lord. It was somebody who does not but, have a lot of substance to the to the sizzle right, they're trying to sell.
1: But Jonathan, the comic book Max Lord is way more Trump. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that, so again, if you were looking to do the political thing, the comic version is you know you know a character that you know he had money from family and all that, and he's just you know like he's that this he's not who he thinks he is, you know, or who he wants to be.
0: Right, but the, this one, the, this Max Lord does not seem to have the evil that it, this one seems like he was seduced by this stone. Right. Okay. By the, the, this wish stone is what possessed Max Lord. And it's not like Max Lord came in. You see Max Lord's origins where he is humble and he wants to do yeah. good and he wants to make a good company and he has partners and he has investors. He wants people to, be to believe in him and he's just a loser. And he gets seduced by this wish stone and it turns into the monkey paw and it destroys him physically and mentally. I see this Max Lord as a much sadder version of the comics Max Lord, who is so evil that when he possesses Superman, he will not relinquish Superman until Wonder Woman is forced to snap his neck. Right. Which is like the major Wonder Woman moment in the last... By the way, what? and that's, that's the thing, to
1: do Max Lord in a Wonder Woman movie and not have it end that way is interesting to say the least. You know, I've struggled with this because, you know, I've said the, a lot of have all said, you know, if the movie doesn't end that way, then it's a problem. And it is, but I understand why it didn't. Because as I see it, ending the movie the way they did and having it be about her speech and redemption and hope and love is something that's unique to Wonder Woman. And it's a, it's a very, it's a feminine perspective. And I think it was an important thing to do and I get it. And yet at the same time, I think it leaves a gaping hole because he never loses the power.
0: He does. You do not see Max Lord so, relinquish his relationship. So you're, you're
1: actually left because he can't relinquish it because he became the stone. So you're actually left with the same issue that in the comic books, as as you already said, you know the situation is basically that Max Lord has has tele, has telepathic powers. He's actually taken possession of Superman, and Superman's going to kill Batman, and Wonder Woman beats him. And he basically looks at it and goes, great. You stop me now, but I'm just going to come back. I'm just going to do it again. What, you know, you, there's nothing you can do. And yeah, she, she has a lasso on him Yeah, and he tells she, the and, truth. And he says, yeah. he says, yeah, there's nothing I can do. You have to kill me. So she basically grabs him by, by the head and she turns his neck around. And it's mm-hmm. awesome. Okay. And, and one of the problems they had going into this is how did they done it? That's what Superman did in Man of Steel.
0: Yeah, you already spoiled it on Man of Steel by having Superman kill snap snaps so, on his neck. You can't use it in this moment. Yeah,
1: so 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 I get how do they do it again? But that's the moment,
0: right? And mm-hmm.
1: and fine, cut him in half. I don't know. But the point is she by not killing him, she didn't resolve anything.
0: Yes, and and she and Steve come to the conclusion that acknowledging that he has become the wishstone they have to destroy the witch stone when they sit with that Indian guy playing a Mayan descendant with dreadlocks and they talk about the stone destroying civilizations. They come to the conclusion there and then that they have to kill, destroy the stone, destroying the stone at this point, because it is max is killing max and they don't do it at the end. That being said, I do like the, the message of redemption and forgiveness and hope that Diana gives the end. I don't know if it needed to be a five minute monologue, That monologue felt very strong out and padded. But and 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 again it lost lost its poignancy to me.
1: But but also because I think the point is that it had to be, it was peculiar to her, but I'm coming back to the thing I was saying earlier that by feeling constrained by the idea that the world can't be aware of her hurts. You know? Yes. Had the movie been set in the present and everyone knows Wonder Woman and they believe in Wonder Woman and they come in and they do that and it's Wonder Woman giving them this message of hope and they feel that, I get
0: it. But- You're right. It's anonymous the reveal, and how
1: anonymous is it?
0: Because The reveal at the I, end is that she has the lasso on him and that he's broadcasting these hopes and the reveal at the end is the reveal of the lasso being on him and that she was broadcasting to all of them. But you're right without acknowledging that she is now revealing herself to the world, that major character beat and story beat is gone. Yeah. You're right. It's, You're right. It doesn't work. Yeah. Uh, Jennifer uh, Zang, she loves this. And I love Jennifer. Jennifer, I love you. Uh, she says the lesson that her Thibisaran, uh trainer teaches her in the opening sequence about you don't get anything by cheating. Okay. It never comes back. I believe she, it did come back. I believe it came back when she accepted that she had to let go of Steve, that Steve had to go away for her powers to come back and that she had cheated in bringing back Steve, we should get into the whole body swap issues of bringing back oh, Steve, because it, it is troubling so, to think that either hero would be okay with any of that.
1: Before we get into it, let me just say this. I went into this movie already being aware that they used a magical device to bring him back, that, and, and as if it wasn't really him. So. I will tell you that I thought this was going to be the thing I hated most about the movie. And in actuality, because they're so great together, it's probably one of the best things about the movie is just they are fun together. But, and I get the idea that, well, maybe they didn't want to make it too magic to just wholesale, just bring him back a body. But the body snatching thing just doesn't work for me. Exactly what you just said. You know, they never even discussed the moral issue of, They've stolen a guy's body. They're putting him in danger left and right. It's not even a
0: conversation. Yeah, as Brian Gilmore, your old friend from episode one of Geekscape, says, they made that dude into a fleshlight.
1: Yeah, she raped him.
0: Yeah, there's a pretty awkward scene at the end where they're standing in the snow and she can not admit that she body swapped the guy. That's awkward. When there's a guy that you body swapped for a couple of weeks, uh, standing next to you in the snow and... He feels like it's a fresh new day. Um, how do you tell him that you took his body around the world and had him shot at, beat up, cut up, and sex up
1: And here's my problem is as a device, the only thing I could think of is it's like the okay, so then she sees him in the outfit that Steve didn't want to wear, and it's like, okay, well, here's the guy, and it's this you know this promise of maybe she's going to go on with her life, and it's not necessarily him or whatever, but you could have done the same thing with the same outfit or an outfit like it and got the same beat out of here's a guy dressed the way she wanted him to dress right yeah and you get the if, same thing out of it without having to have taken the guy's body
0: yeah if steve had come from you know and, and it's a very Gracian idea and it's a very mythological to have a man come from dust and return to dust you know sure. or be born from some mystical element and return to it if they had just had steve Maybe materialized. He made clay. Sure, sure. He I mean, I've heard of that
1: somewhere. I mean, I feel like maybe that's related to something we might be talking about, like Wonder Woman? I don't know. Yeah,
0: yeah. maybe if Steve had been made of clay, then uh, it would for, have been, it would have avoided uh, the, way, the whole body swap aspect of it, because it is creepy as hell, especially when Steve sees himself in the mirror and knows what is going on. Yeah, And He's really pretty self aware for somebody who died in nineteen eighteen
1: now let me say this I do like the idea because I think it's a very it is again it's it's the a a statement of that you know one of the ways of women far surpass men is to see the reality and the truth and you know and not be shallow. And I think some of the point there is he doesn't look like Steve, but she sees Steve right. You know, and so they're letting us know, no, it's that guy. He's walking around. It's that guy. I don't know if that's it, point's worth it. You know, but yeah, exactly. Is it worth it? I, I don't think so. I think what you lose, I mean, you know, its it's yeah. just, it's so problematic.
0: Uh, Heidi says, how many times have they done that in stories with women or female characters where they body swap, possess them, okay. make them out of weird science stuff? Yeah, it's every movie from the 80s. And maybe that's the reason that they set this movie in 1984, because it wasn't the soundtrack. Uh, Paul Ponty backs it up by saying, you know what? It's a wish that made nukes appear out of thin air. He could have just had that that's with right. Steve appearing. No body swap that's needed it. Right. It wouldn't have affected the film at all. It's that's just- exactly
1: right. Early in the movie you know, my wife and I discussed this and we were saying, she's like, well, early in the movie, it seemed like maybe that it was supposed to be some basis in reality, but nukes appear out of thin air, magic walls go up in the Mideast. Like, so there's really no problem with with the the power of this thing to just do whatever you actually want. I mean, Barbara wishes she's like Diana and she becomes
0: a freaking demigod. Yeah, she, well... Yeah, Barbara does not know what she's wishing for. I think she wants to right. be human, Diana, and she wants to be sexy and liked and yeah, this and that. Right. She does not know she's wishing to become an Amazonian. And I thought no. that was awesome. No, 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 I, thought not that was cool. I thought that was a
1: no, no, no forget
0: it. You're... She has her powers.
1: But but again, you have to remember the other Amazons don't have it, and that's another problem with the movie. Because Diana is the daughter of Zeus. She's a demigod. The others, don't you remember in the first movie, once she starts channeling her powers, she's knocking everyone on their asses and almost kills them. She's way beyond them. They're just great warriors.
0: She mm-hmm. had duper powers. Yeah. Yeah. Zennifer okay. um, Zeng says, I hope you guys talk about the racism. Um, we definitely, definitely, you, definitely, we definitely talked about Max Lord. Probably you know, for there the there's, use black, black yeah, there's no black people in Washington, D.C.? Yeah, there's some black people in Washington, D.C., and uh that's 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 weird. I mean they should have definitely had the Marion Barry sequence. Uh if you geekscapists are older as old as Ian and I, you know that Marion Barry was the mayor of DC and had some problems uh with the substances. But um the racist thing for me was that they got a you know, and I'm all for diversity, I'm all for representation, but when they go to see a Mayan descendant, they cast a guy with the last name Patel, who is definitely Indian. To play somebody who should probably have been Guatemalan and then they put dreadlocks on him. What? Is Brown just Brown to the executives? Like it's like, yeah, we checked the box. He looks kind of Mayan descendedish. No, they should have cast Brian Gilmore, who is Guatemalan, to play a Mayan who probably would have been mid-central uh, America and uh guatemala and somebody like that and uh not cast an indian actor with dread you know and put dreadlocks on him to just completely i don't know what that sequence was but it was i thought it was offensive um and yeah who knows maybe max lord's wife is asian but his kid definitely was uh (laughs) okay but yes there were no suddenly no black people in uh, DC and the Middle East, when you go to the Middle East, uh, it is, it's cool to see that uh, they take their cues of the Middle East from, um, I don't know, Rambo movies, because what was that? I don't even know. And by the way, so they went with
1: Bialya, which is a traditional Middle Eastern country in DC comics, but then they do Egypt. I mean, I'm literally sitting there going, okay, we have Bialya. They don't do Kandak. Yeah, which, which would have been a great yeah, setup. Yeah, an Easter egg, whatever. But you do Beale and Knocked and by the way, and they border each other in the DC
0: comics. So yeah, I was if, hoping for a Gandock. Yeah, like they we do Simon
1: up. Stag, but they don't do anything with Metamorpho. Again, you're in the Middle East. You know the Orb of Ra, so you're doing Egypt. After Simon Stag, I expected something. You know, like just yeah. put an Easter again. I mean, it's a DC movie.
0: Like, why really excited? You know, Huh? Did you? You got really excited, didn't you? You were like, "Oh, they're gonna do some of this Middle Eastern for stuff for the DC I, universe." None I, of that. For a
1: second, I got excited, and then you know, total letdown. Yeah. It was like, seriously, what's happening? I, 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 I mean, was it edited out because they don't want to be tied to other
0: movies? I, I don't get it. Yeah, and that Black Adam movie, or at least the the next, you know, that movie's going, and that Shazam too, it's yeah. going. They're, those characters are showing up in these films um but you know what um it seems like dc is is doing the y- you know individual characters a little bit longer and trying to keep these characters a little bit separate again a little bit well, more and they, we don't don't honestly, really like, they don't yeah, really well you saw, the, you saw the quote that um dc has the confidence now to do two parallel batman franchises at the same time and which is just unheard of Spider-Man's doing it right now at Sony with live action and animated. And don't look, I'm going to throw Venom in there as a third Spider-Man franchise. um Yeah, oh. you can do multiple. You know, audiences aren't dumb; they can tell that these are two different Batman's that are not in the same universe. Just tell good stories. I think is what the emphasis should go back to. Just tell good stories. It doesn't matter how intertwined they are or not. But for me, the Middle Eastern sequence was really problematic because. Diana and Steve didn't have to take part in it. They gained nothing but staring at Max Lord through a windshield for him to say, I am one in the stone, which they could have just figured out by tracking the stone uh, and realizing he has consumed the stone. The whole sequence in the Middle East didn't really do much except take the world to the next step on the clock to threat level midnight or whatever it is. Uh, And that was really the sequence... In Iraq, or in, in Egypt, or Kandak, or whatever, wherever the heck that was, that was the sequence. It didn't need, it didn't need Steve or Diana in it. They didn't no. change anything character-wise or story-wise be, be, by being there. So, um, and the the, the the sequence in which they get to Baalia is really weird because the Smithsonian just has fuel jets on a tarmac and a radio tower for some reason. What? and i maybe
1: maybe i i'm not an expert on on fighter jets but short
0: short range fighter jets yeah did you did you know they could fly across the atlantic ocean i didn't I know they. i knew they couldn't <laughs> i knew that they couldn't and it's the first thing i said when they hopped to that fighter jet was like i said where the fuck Wait are they going? <laughs> that thing might get that thing might get to new york city <laughs> right that is a short-range fighter jet. It uses all its fuel on speed and maneuverability, yeah. not to getting to the Middle East. That thing is going to fall somewhere in the Atlantic, and they're going to laugh at you, Diana. Like, don't do this. Please. Well, no. When you when you turn it invisible,
1: it, it enables
0: you. You're, you're invisible
1: to the laws of physics, too.
0: I wanted to see the bottom of the jet and see Diana's feet now that she can fly, like Fred Flintstone moving the jet, the fighter jet along in the air. Or just having her, like...
1: But by the Slim way, back up,
0: now that she can fly, she flew at the end of the last fucking movie. You know what? Don't bring up the exact thing. Listen, it's been seventy what, years. What's what? I know she, she flew at the end of the last movie. It has been seventy years. Suddenly, she forgot she can fly again. Ian, I need you to not bring up good details. Don't bring up details. You and your details. I mean, you and your facts. Don't bring look, up. Look, don't bring she, logic into this.
1: She's been depressed. He died. It's been seventy years. She's just hasn't known what to do with herself. She needs to out how to fly. to fly her again.
0: She needed a man to tell her oh, how to fly again. Oh, is that what this movie is telling us? Because oh, you're right. She did fly at the end of Wonder Woman 1, and suddenly she can't fly anymore? She needed a man to be like, oh, it's just like, let me mansplain flight to you because I'm a pilot, and you haven't come into contact with any of those in the last 70 years. in no. have been dirt.
1: Yeah. Listen, you know, you could pull any World War I pilot out of out of time, just pluck him out of time. Stick him in an '80s plane. He can fly that
0: shit. It's not a problem. Dude, the last plane he flew in was designed by the Wright brothers, That's and right. now suddenly he's flying around. And no like, problem. Oh, he's he is going to the like thunder zone or whatever. The, he's like he's in the highway to the danger zone. That's is right. where he is now. Um, I got to tell you though, as silly as that sequence was, I like the invisible jet. And I like how, the, how they got to the I like how they got the invisible jet. I like the spell. I like the spell. As much as I yeah. was sitting there going, wait a minute, why does the Smithsonian and have here. a flight tower? Why does the Smithsonian have a fuel jet on the runway? Why does the yeah. why, why is this sequence even happening? The second that she made a spell and turned the jet invisible. I was, I was like, All right, like
1: cool. Yeah.
0: We're good. I agree. We're good. Yeah. Hopefully yeah. this whole yeah. Middle East sequence pays off. It yeah. yeah. didn't. Mm. right. So speaking yeah. of can we talk, let's talk about hysteria? Let's talk about who? Asteria.
1: Okay. So, first of all, I have to say, all right, so they introduced this armor, and then Diana's losing her powers, and she's getting, you know, hit by bullets and bleeding. She has this magical armor.
0: Nah, let's not use it yet. Now, you, you will wait for the magical armor until the most opportune time to make the end sequence into a Sylvester versus Tweety Bird sequence. That's right. It is Cat it is versus Golden <laughs> Bird. You do not use the armor before that. Sure, that armor I mean, could have been really helpful at any other point in the movie, but you will wait for the armor until you make it a bird versus cat sequence, like an 80s cartoon. The no, other 80s thing in this movie, that is not the soundtrack. So
1: I was like, what did she even need the armor for at that point? She's, you know, she's Wonder Woman. She has all that power. And my wife's take on it was, well, they said that the whole point of the armor was fighting the whole world, so she needed it because she was going up against the whole world. I was like, yeah, but she's Wonder Woman. You know, at that point, like, what did she, you know... She's not getting hurt anymore. She has all of her powers. Like, I mean, I don't care how many people it is, you know, like no one's hurting her. You know, Cheetah, yeah. And if if you said, fine, tell me that Cheetah, I'm going to get into in a second about how badly they did Cheetah. But let's just jump to this point right now. If Cheetah has magic abilities and if a claws are magical and Diana needed armor to fight Cheetah because otherwise she'd tear her ribbons even with her power, okay, I would get that. That would be a reason why she needed the armor to fight Cheetah. But I think you're exactly right, joking notwithstanding, that it was the imagery of fighting her in the armor, which is why they did that. But it didn't work plot-wise. And yet they had a great plot device for her to use that armor when she didn't have her powers. That would have yes. Made
0: sense. Yes. If she had if she had not had her powers and needed that armor to fight right. Cheetah, then it would have been really, it would have been, you know, and she would have been incredibly vulnerable without the armor. And as Cheetah starts to rip the armor up, you are fighting the clock and seeing when those powers kick back in, and it would have been really suspenseful. Uh, having her and the powers, let's just go to the point: fact that Minerva suddenly gets a second wish. Well, no, wait, I want to go there, but I have more to say about a
1: story. I want to get into Cheetah. Okay. I'm very but- But so then, you know, the other thing about um, Asteria is, you know, I get it. All right. So they did this little thing, which set up the tag later, that only the armor was recovered. But of course, Diana has it. She straight up has it. Like this was, you know. Yeah, collecting dust in her apartment. Years ago, like, like, yeah, like, like it it should, if anything was found, it would have been a museum. Did she go and steal it from a museum?
0: Because maybe she maybe she was in cahoots with those robbers at the beginning that were stealing the artifacts. Seriously, like did, did she do that? Because I don't quite understand how she has it. Like it would have made more sense to me if she told the
1: story and then she needed the armor because she lost the powers, because it, it, whatever, whatever you want to say that that armor would be integral to the story. And she actually had a fine Hysteria. And then we actually, and I'm going to jump ahead to what the, the great cameo was. But they actually made her integral to the story that hysteria
0: actually gave her the armor. That would have been awesome. Could it, yeah. be better? it would have been cool to introduce the armor when Wonder Woman is losing her powers. And have Hysteria give it to her. Yeah. Have yeah, have Linda Carter give her the armor. That would yeah. have been huge. Um and then she would have been ready for the final battle. She would have uh also gone back to a mother figure, like it yeah. was in the at the beginning of the movie. That is where she could have Realize that she had not um, been faithful to the lesson she learned as a child to not cheat and not lie and that you can't win that way. And you would have had that mother Amazonian figure not only give her the armor, but also say, "Like, listen, I will give this to you, but you have to be honest.
1: Mm-hmm. You can't
0: cheat. You can't lie. And that reminder le- le- like leads her down the path to that, that, relinquishing that those the Steve sequence. And that would be that great true
1: passing of the baton, you know, like, again, it was a way to do it and have it be Linda Carter, you know, and get and get the same mileage. As a tag, it was cute. I mean, she catches the thing and seem, it's seeming like super strength and all that. So they set up to make it look like like that it's Diana. And what's problematic about that, as I said before, is that the other Amazons don't have her powers. Right. Hysteria should not be super strong. They're immortal, but they're not that's, that, that's not how it works. They're, they're, she's not a demigod. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, again, I, I feel like they almost got a little bit confused about that. This is not the comics, right? From what we've seen, I mean, it, they, they have some abilities and you can argue whether or not some of their jumping in the air, you know, with, with, you know, in firing arrows off like that is really humanly possible. But the idea, as I understood it, was that they're more or less baseline human. The magic of mascara keeps them alive, right?
0: But they're Olympians. They're, be, like, just beyond oh.
1: Olympic level. Oh Yes, Olympic level yes. Olympians, not Sympians, yes. as, yes. in. as no, in they're Diana's not actual. Sp- as, no. as opposed to Diana is an actual Olympian. She's the daughter mm-hmm. of Zeus. Right. You right. know? So, yeah, so, so that was problematic for me. Okay, so let's, let's talk about Cheetah. Ian, lean, lean lean forward, please. Lean forward. Sorry, please. Let's talk, let's talk about like Barbara Minerva. Because I, okay. I, find, I find when I talk about this movie, I don't call it Cheetah. Um, I call it Barbara Minerva, right? Yes. And as Jennifer Zink I, says, I, there was actually completely.
0: no setup for Barbara to suddenly wish to be I, an Apex Predator. I, I, Just because she didn't want to be nerdy anymore.
1: Yes, Guys, in case you're wondering I mean, what no the opposite yes. of nerd is,
0: it is an apex predator.
1: <laughs> no, no, I agree exactly, Jennifer. It's exactly how I felt. She has Wonder Woman's powers. She's super strong and all that. She has zero reason at all. What what else is she wishing for? I want to be an Apex Predator. Then be an Apex Predator. Who gives a shit? You're soup no one, pretty much no one else on the planet but one other person is as strong as you. You can do
0: whatever the hell you want. You don't have to look like a cat. Yeah, beat up all the drunk people hitting on you in Central Park. It doesn't make any sense. Just clean it up. Yeah. This uh, good. I, I want to be Edge okay. Who's gonna stop you? Now Ian, what if the sequence had been I want to look like Heathcliff? Or a cast of Judy Dench's Cats film? What if that was the wish that she had? had? Then well, it would have made, made, it,
1: made more sense. In the 80s.
0: It would have made sense, yeah. What if that entire fight with the armor was just a ball of like cloud? with like asterisks jumping out of it. Yeah, and every now and yeah. then you'd see a piece of Wonder Woman's armor jumping off. It just didn't
1: make sense. You know, they did and going back to the comic book origins, they did the initial Barbara Nervous stuff. Right. And I love the relationship and meeting Diana that way that worked, you know, in essence, Cheetah is very much like juggernaut to go to the in the Marvel stuff. You know, it's like, you know, it's this whole avatar thing. She finds a thing.
0: Yeah, she, she gets cut so, by a dagger. Is that right, Ian?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, but I mean, we, we've seen versions of that story many times, but you know, look, it, 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 the problem is they had the two villain plot and they want to tie it together, you know, and, and it's tricky because it didn't have to be that way.
0: You know? You know Jennifer said she just wanted to be sexy. What's peak sexiness? A furry. <laughs> I think she's being facetious, but going back, like Heidi asked, how did she get that second wish though? That is just a plot hole. No, no,
1: it's not. So Max said it. They just didn't explain it. He said that his whole thing is he gets other people to make wishes. So we just didn't see him have someone else do the wish for her. He took someone else's wish to make her that. And he implied that I've been doing it all the time. We saw it a bunch. So, we just, off screen, someone else wished for it. And then someone else then renounced that wish.
0: Wait, what? Oh, it doesn't matter who. Wait, Ian, I think that you're adding a lot of stuff to us. I don't no, think in the film at all. No, he's see, Max
1: in- Max doesn't have wishes. He is He is the thing. He gets other people to make wishes to get the things that he wants.
0: Yes, so how does that give Barbara a second her, wish?
1: Max, they have a conversation about it. He says... No, I, I, it, it's all about getting other people to wish for what you want. That, that's, that's the line. And so, Barbara would have had to get somebody else to wish that she becomes a accident. furry. Yeah. Okay. It, it, it's implied. It's silly. I don't know how you quite do that, but it's implied. But And then somebody else had to have relinquished that wish, which has definitely no, happened off camera. Yeah. So, whoever did it, that, well, we're supposed to believe everyone renounced everything. But here's my issue. Barbara doesn't renounce her wish. Or you wouldn't get a sense that she would have. So does she still have Diana-level powers at the end? Just not, In, not
0: She's not a cat anymore? Yes, and does the guy she worked with still have that coffee from the beginning? He did not relinquish the coffee. No. Well, he probably got rid of it since then. Yeah, he, he does that count? Does does crapping out your coffee count as relinquishing your coffee if that your coffee was your wish? I don't know. That's probably a detail that wasn't a hole in the movie. I think that one oh. did not need to be addressed.
1: Well, what, I, what I'm a little unclear on, when I look at the movie, I'm like, all right, so at the end, it's like, well, did everyone need to renounce the wishes? Or you just had to renounce the wishes that were going to going to basically end the world? You know, again, Max is still walking around. Someone could make a wish, you know? Chase yes. the stone, make a wish. Everything's still fucked, right? The stone is not destroyed. No. His ass- He's still. And okay, so here's another thing, and it gets me back to another way they could have taken him out, which is, so Diana's in the pool fighting Cheetah, and she's like, I'm sorry, and she has to get a little, like, you know, electrical wire to shock her, acting like she's going to kill her. So, first of all, at the end of the first movie, didn't she have the power to bring down
0: lightning like her father? Ian, don't go into the details of the established universe, please. You're just ruining all of it, please. Ian, because I mean, then, then I'm going to say, "Hey, how does she forget all of her powers before Batman versus Superman?" Like, Ian, please don't don't bring logic into this. I'm just, I'm just I, saying, please. like, this, this is her trilogy, Jonathan. You know,
1: she, she <laughs> did her lightning before. Can't she do it again? And my point is, is and a great way to get rid of him is disintegrate his ass and bring lightning on his ass. You know?
0: Yeah, drop lightning on him. But Ian, lightning only in you know, electricity in this movie only works when you need it to work because you can absolutely swing from electrified uh cables that are spitting sparks, you can do that all you want. The second you drop in a pool, that electricity is gonna fry you like a cat. Let me tell well, you. Yes, um, I mean,
1: well yes, because it actually can electricity. But if you're, well, not, if you're not grounded, you actually maybe can be okay.
0: But if she only has if she only has the same powers as Diana, why doesn't it shock Diana as well? She no, made Diana as, she made herself yeah. as powerful as Diana.
1: Yeah, it didn't make any sense.
0: It didn't make sense for them not and, to and both it, get electrocuted.
1: And Diana acted like it was going to kill her, which it didn't. But, you know, Diana supposedly cared. But, like, first of all, at the end, Diana doesn't come back and look for her. And even the movie itself, like, we don't get any resolution to her, which, you know, there have been some things in the press that are intimating that, well, they intend to bring her back. But it's like, so they they purposely left that as a dangling plot thread. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I expect... You know, I watch a movie and there's a main villain, and you get some sense of what happens to them at the end.
0: Or well, the movie, yeah. Then,
1: right?
0: Yeah, I would have liked to see Barbara maybe take that homeless guy out for a coffee or something. Maybe at the end of the movie.
1: Wait, wait, that's I a don't know. Homeless guy? I was confused by that guy. You mean, you mean the guy that accosted her?
0: And then she no, the him? guy on the no, the guy on the bench that she gave the rest of her lunch. Oh there. god, that
1: guy. Okay, <laughs> well, I'm a little confused. Was that? skeevy stockbroker guy like i don't understand drinking <laughs> hanging out in the park but they don't want to go with a hobo look because that's been done a million times so he's gonna have a full suit and nice coat on but he's a total drunk who's just you know accosting women
0: yeah that guy that guy got what he deserved let's just oh, be clear yeah. that guy got what he deserved uh, I just, you know it like, uh, bolt t on youtube says do you see the twitch comments um i don't know if i do see the twitch comments i definitely saw that youtube comment um and daniel campesano says diana was covered in gold so i guess she was grounded uh <laughs> i guess um no looking over uh all these comments i'm not you know i do see a twitch comment here i see i see fab glitch say what do you think happened in between 1984 and batman superman dawn of justice that caused her to forget all of her powers Again, she read the reviews to this movie. Yeah, she read the reviews of this movie, and she she had to go down. Uh, she had to she had to keep a low profile. Paul Ponte said, "In the end, they make it seem like the satellite is on a remote island or something." And I'm pretty sure Max Lord runs all the way back to D.C. in a matter of minutes to see his kid. Uh, I thought I thought he still had access to the helicopter. At the other movie was what I thought. I thought there was a helicopter. I could be just be making stuff up, as I believe Ian did with that whole Barba Minerva Wish thing. Just kidding, Ian. Um, one thing I did like about the satellite thing is it did feel like a, a take on the Brother Eye storyline from the DC Comics, where the Brother Eye satellite system it was a big part of Max Lord's power.
1: Yeah, he was trying to. Yeah. Power,
0: but um, that's about as far as that went. Um yeah, so right, right. says, I assume that Barbara gave up her humanity in the monkey paw exchange for her powers because her heel turn took like five seconds. You know what? If I wish for something yes. and I suddenly end up looking like that, I would have been a I would have gone villain real fast. <laughs> yeah. That's well, the Spider-Man that? villain uh, rule.
1: By the way, I think that the, the the idea was that her monkey paw thing was that she kind of lost her humanity, which I guess is what she really valued before. You know, when she when she when her, her wish to be like Diana, right? Like yeah. she became cold hearted. Yeah, you know, I, I, I found it very odd. Um, again, I think it was tying it all together, but like the whole, oh, she was so into Max, but then not really. Like, I, I don't know. That just felt like such a weird, random thing. I get it that it was, she wasn't used to a man paying attention to her, but it just, it didn't really work for me. I mean, maybe initially, but once she'd really come into her power, you know, I, I, I didn't really buy that you know yeah i, I think that she's becoming more powerful barbara she's just, becoming having you know, and you know doing whatever she wanted with them
0: yeah i mean it does seem like she grew more isolated over the course of the movie as her powers grew that she was you know she was withdrawn from barbara and i guess the max thing she i think she assumed it didn't work out uh the comments been made that this movie had a lot more style from 1986 87 than 84 uh, I think a lot of people said that and Seth Eisenberg, who's watching said hey the DC subway didn't even have those lines in it in 1984 <laughs> what is going on here you can definitely in the subway sequence see those lines I was a little annoyed that Operation Wolf a video game that came out in 1987 was used in the arcade sequence you can't get that one past me geek um, and Katie Elsa Esser, my Geekscape co-host, says, just checking, are we trying to assume DC planned out other movies as sort of no. as Marvel? Because that's just asking too they,
1: much. they, they, they not even close. <laughs> I mean, there have been some efforts here and there, but they just don't do it. Look, you know, the comment made earlier is the unfortunate reality. You know, there was talk at one point of Jeff Johns taking on a bit of a Kevin Feige role, but it never really materialized. Um, honestly, because... I can't even speak to whether or not he could have done it. He never had the power. You know, Warner Brothers as a studio just gives a lot of power to their directors, which is good and bad. But in terms of having, you know, a shared universe, it's bad, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, In terms of, you you can get a good movie, but directors want to just do their movie, you know? I mean, listen, we've all seen reports, as much as we love the Marvel movies for the most part, you know, but directors tend to get very frustrated under it because it's not up to them. You know, it, it's movie by committee. It just so happens the head of the committee is pretty smart relative to, you know, what you get at most studios, you know, where generally yeah. studios mess up a movie. Uh,
0: I've heard that things at Warner Brothers are fairly, um, that, that 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 things operate in, in kind of as separate entities. A lot of the, the sub-studios yeah. sub work as separate entities. So uh, where you have things like the Berlanti-verse very, you, I mean, that stuff is is really pretty well tied together under Greg Berlanti. When you start and getting to it, other creatives, yeah. when you start to get uh, to other parts of the studio, they are not as synergistic as the things that go on uh, at the House of Mouse across the street. Um, and by the way, let I mean, me just
1: say my comment about Zack Snyder before that—that's that, exactly the point. If Zack Snyder was a true producer on these movies, then there would be continuity between them. You know, at, at a at a much higher level. They would work and there would be things like I was mentioned before about like conduct, like you throw in a couple Easter eggs. It's no big deal. And, you know, another director doesn't even care. So what, you know, just because you're setting up something else for what's coming later,
0: you know, and they don't do it. And there were plenty of those sequences in the buildup of the Marvel Universe. You had sequences in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. where they mentioned Doctor right. Strange right. and stuff. And had they not done that? I don't think it would have been any worse for it to not have a Doctor Strange reference in, in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but it did add that little extra, and I definitely was looking for a Kandak reference in this sequence in the Middle East. Make it Kandak or make it so uh, at least referenced so that when we get our Black Adam movie, which we're going to get, it just feels a little bit more like a plan. Miguel right. San Miguel says, I actually haven't seen the movie, but based on this discussion, I'm more interested in seeing what the hot mess is all about. And I'll go back to my earlier review that I enjoyed this movie. After yeah. all, we've just after all we've just said, I've enjoyed this movie because I like comic book movies. I think that there are parts of this movie that are worthwhile. I think it's, it has some fun directing. I think it has great performances. I I think that the that it's fun. I think that it's lighthearted. It has heart. It does have. It heart. does have heart. In
1: reference to the conversation about comparing these DC movies to the Marvel movies, you know, and as Jonathan well knows, I'm not a giant Snyder. You know do or die, all that.
0: I mean, show us the tattoo. Show us the Snyderverse. <laughs> yeah, show, us, show us the... You got a tattoo when Justice League was coming out. You, you no. Show us the Snyder Cut tattoo. I, I did not. So
1: anyway, um, the thing is, I mean, look, BVS, it's Dawn of Justice. It's all about setting up Justice League, right? Um, and the plans are there in, in Man of Steel. I mean, I do think there's some things in Man of Steel that they never like paid out that, you know, I thought they were implying that, that you know, either it would be the, you know, the origins of either the Atlanteans or the Amazons and didn't do it with, you know, maybe some relation to the Kryptonians, you know, um, that might've been a little too supreme power. If you follow me for a little bit of an obscure comic book reference that it's all tied to the, to the alien coming. Um, but I, I, it was an interesting suggestion. So Man of Steel, I think is a great science fiction movie. You know, the, the flaws of Man of Steel are not in the movie itself, or it's just that it's dark to be a Superman movie.
0: Yeah. The, the flaws of Man of Steel are not that it's a science fiction movie. It's that it's it's a Superman movie and doesn't really feel yeah. like a Superman movie. Yeah.
1: Well, they, they're going on and on. The symbol means hope and you never feel it in the movie.
0: No, you actually feel dreadful watching that movie. Yeah. You don't feel hopeful at all. This movie, you feel hopeful. And as my co-host Katie says, don't get me wrong, I liked 84. Definitely not perfect, <laughs> but also not bad. And she thought that the plot of day and not having to give up Steve again was tough, but... You know, probably made easier by the fact that they know that they're body swapping some guy, and it's just creepy across the board. Seth Eisenberg says, "Hey, it's frustrating because DC, you know, Entertainment Universe has so many great things going for it. They could take Batfleck, uh, Cavill, Superman, and do great I things agree. with them. I, agree. I love those castings. I like, yeah. I'm a fan of both of them.
1: They they, 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 both, they look right into they both have so much potential. If, if they have the right material, they knock it out of the park. Mm-hmm. I agree. Look, so Ian, Going forward, mean, I, like, I, I, I'm going to watch the, the the Snyder Justice League, and maybe he can you know Ian. do something better with it.
0: You know when movies come out and we get excited about movies, we we text each other and we say Ian like we're our group thread. We say Ian get tickets because usually you jump on the tickets. Yeah. Um, I think for the Snyder cut, I have to I have to text you and say Ian get vaccinated. I think I think, that, I think that's the next the new Ian get tickets is Ian get vaccinated because. If we get vaccinated by the time Snyder Cut comes out, I'm going to make you suffer through Snyder Cut with me. Oh, I'm going to watch it. Oh, I'm going to watch it too. But it's just so yeah. much easier to not suffer alone. Well, I'll tell you. So you I think th- Heidi's going to watch a four-hour Justice League movie? Well, well, well my, my wife
1: has seen the, both Wonder Woman movies, and she likes them, as I mentioned. She actually hasn't seen Man of Steel or BVS or Justice League. And, and neither has my stepson, who's 11. So we we're discussing. I said, you know what? I think it may be okay for him. I think we're talking maybe as a family we'll watch him. I said, I'll watch him,
0: you know? I might, ch- I might call Child Protective Services if you follow through on that one. Those movies are uh, a rough go, buddy. I don't know. I don't know. Okay, that's a little harsh. Um, yeah, the Snyder Cut's still coming, and we're still going to watch that. Uh, and Bolt T said, hey, The New Mutants was better than Wonder Woman 84. Yes, I know it was, because Ian, Ian hasn't seen it yet. We're going to do a review. Yeah, that, I that, actually, it's the damn pandemic.
1: I haven't seen it.
0: I enjoyed the New Mutants movie. Uh, was it perfect? No. Was it what better than what I expected a New Mutants movie to be that had been delayed like four years? Yes. Uh, and um, Well, I want to see it. I will watch it. Big Yank says, Ian, just show us the Sucker Punch tattoo, please. Uh, I, I absolutely yeah. would have had one. And Big Yanks also says, does James Gunn just come in and save DC movies? No, I think he's going right back over to Marvel for some more Guardians, and I am looking, looking forward to... Forward. Yeah, totally looking forward to the Suicide Squad. I think that'll be a lot of fun, and I think that his uh, Peacemaker series is going to be awesome, yeah. too. Like, I, I, I always go into these movies with a lot of hope. I always go into these movies wanting to watch them. Even when I hear bad things, as I did about this one, I go in just really wanting to like them and rooting for them. And this one again is a movie that I enjoyed. Did I like it? Possibly. Again, here's the and thing. Gal Gadot it, it as Wonder Woman is probably the best
1: thing that's come out of these this, this iteration of the, you
0: know, movie universe, right? I love Henry Cavill as Superman.
1: I love him as Superman, but I, I don't, you know, but like at least Gal Gadot, we've seen every single time she's played the character, she's one woman.
0: Yes, and the material has been there for the most part for her as yeah. one woman. And that you cannot say that about Superman. That's the these best thing about BVS. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jesse Eisenberg. I'm going to dig Jesse Eisenberg. I'm messing with you, man.
1: Yeah,
0: it's not. not- he is, he is not taking that joke. Uh, I like Jesse Eisenberg. I just, that movie... You're right. She is the best thing about the Batman versus Superman. Um, And where does this lead us? Uh, As far as the DC movies go, we definitely have suicide squad too. Who knows how tied into that it'll be. I mean, obviously it's got Harley in it. uh, Characters we haven't seen before beyond Harley Quinn, but um, I guess we've seen one or two of the the suicide squad characters that'll be returning. But um, you know, when they start talking about, Ben Affleck not being done with Batman and talking we'll about you know, these Robert Patents and Batman's coming out and we got all this stuff like what do we got going on here at at DC? Look, like we
1: know this? we are getting a Shazam two, we know we're getting Black Adam, we know we're getting Aquaman two, um apparently we're getting Wonder woman three. You know? Mm-hmm. Um supposedly well, actually we know we're getting, you know, Flashpoint.
0: Yeah. And Flashpoint uh, can obviously do a lot of smoothing out on a lot of the stuff. Uh, by the way, if they we, we, should, we should
1: have Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman in Flashpoint, but I have yet to hear that.
0: We should have Linda Carter as Wonder Woman in Flashpoint, if you were well, no, to go all Flashpoint, baby. No, I'm just saying, in terms of what
1: Flashpoint is, we should have her in that movie. We should also have Jason Momoa as Aquaman in that movie, if it's anything resembling the comics at all. I mean, i right. I have either of them, you have to hugely, hugely divert. From the comics, right? Mm-hmm. So, well, Ian, final thoughts? Um, I think I agree with you. It, it's worth watching. I don't know that I'm going to watch it again, but yeah. uh, it's worth watching. It has great moments, it's fun. And I mean, if you have HBO, it's free for another yeah. what is it, 25 days or something?
0: Yeah um geeks i think i agree with ian quite a bit it's a fun movie i enjoyed the film but it has some big 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 holes in it and uh i think that it shouldn't keep you from watching it if you haven't watched it but then again if you just sat through our hour-long discussion of it um Why did you do that if you haven't seen this movie? (laughs) Um, We got more Geekscape coming up in the next uh, couple days. I'm going to be posting some more special stuff that we did from our 15 hour live stream. There's one or two more things I want to post on the feed. So subscribe to Geekscape on whatever podcast app you use. And you can always follow Ian on Twitter at Kerner. He's on the Geekscape page and the Geekscape group on Facebook. Just search for Geekscape. You can be a part of it. And we're buffing up our YouTube and uh, hopefully our Twitch channel soon, going into 2021. So you definitely want to subscribe to all of those. Uh, share Geekscape with your friends. We're adding more podcasts to the network, and we'll be adding tons more shows to this uh, to this podcast. So we've been here for 15 years. We're we're not going anywhere uh definitely 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 share us with your friends and leave us reviews and katie will be coming back uh i cannot wait to be back in la and have katie back i just spent a lot of money on a fancy microphone because if you don't like the way i sound well it's gonna get better um that was my christmas gift to myself and my tax write-off was a really fancy microphone uh bolt t says jonathan is there a new year's stream i have matt kelly i don't know i think matt kelly would have to use the wish stone to get us a, a near stream i think i don't know uh i think that we should do something i can't commit to it here but let me talk to a few people and see if we can at least do like a live show or something on on New Year's and do a countdown with you or something i think that'd be fun but then again, every New Year's I'm asleep by the time that the clock turns 2021. But this is a special year because we survived 2020. It tried to kill us. Hey, you know, don't cower your chickens yet. There's still two or three days left. But we, for the most part, survived. Um, and it'd be fun to do something at least just to ring in the New Year with all of you. Um, anything else to add, Ian? I think we're good. No. I'm good. All right, buddy. I look forward to talking New Mutants with you in a few days or a week or okay. two or whenever I'm at- you want to do it. All right. I love you, buddy. Uh, thank you so much, man. Bye. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.